Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy, Fantasy Basics Show, presented by TH Fantasy Football. Uh, welcome to the Fields of Fantasy, Fantasy Basics Show. I am joined today by our guest Ryan Miner, and that is at Ryan Miner underscore FFB on the uh, app formerly known as Twitter over on X, lead fantasy football writer for FF Faceoff, co-host of Beer Fueled, auction draft enthusiast and number one source for waiver wire does that sum you up very well from reading directly from your ex bio ryan yeah know they ran onto a t man you know you can't go wrong on that <laughs> so what we're going to be looking at then is what i think is going to be a really really useful show and a show i've quite enjoyed as research for and that is looking at players that could potentially win as championships players that have got that favorable playoff run we're, we're still trying to find this season's Jerick mckinnon uh, that player who could be waiting to spring to life and have a great run and win us some leagues. So, would you like to kick us off then, Ryan, with running backs? Yeah, one running back I'm definitely on to, and a lot of people might be off him now just because he was the hot waiver wire pickup a couple of weeks ago, and he's kind of been showing that he was getting, what, I think a little less than 40% of the carries, but that's Ty Chandler for me of the Minnesota Vikings. You look at Alexander Madison, and yeah, he's getting he's getting the yardage, he's getting lots of fantasy points, but he has a case of the fumbleitis, <laughs> and I'm not too worried about the whole fumbles being where he's going to be controlling that job. I think it's going to be Ty Chandler's job, and he could be that Jarek McKinnon type of play going forward, as he's so useful in that passing game. I think fumbleitis is my new favorite word to use when talking about running backs. Now it's an excellent little bit of wordage, but yeah, you're right. Looking. So week 10 against New Orleans, running back 27. Week 11 against Broncos, running back 15. 10 points week 10, 15 week 11. If we're seeing the start of an upward trend, then yeah, he could be fantastic value leading towards the playoffs. And has got a relatively good run in the playoffs as well, looking at that. So he's got Bengals week 15. Detroit a little bit tougher week 16, but then Green Bay Championship weekend, potentially a really, really good play. That's what I like a lot. Who else are we looking at? Another one, and people are going to hate it because I guarantee <laughs> he's being he's being dropped because he's not he hasn't been activated to the active roster, and that is Leonard Fournette. Oh, here we are going into the third week of him not being activated onto the Buffalo Bills. But you look at the Buffalo Bills schedule coming up; they're trying to push for that playoff. They need every win they can get. And you look at it, yeah, after that, so they have a week 13 bye. So this is where I see everyone starting to drop him because the bye is coming along. People are like, all right, they're playing in Philly. He's not activated. I'm done with him. This is where you want to scoop him up is during that bye week because it's a perfect opportunity when they say, all right, we're going to activate him against Kansas City. You, you got Kansas City, Dallas, who's going to be a tough one. Chargers, who's going to be easier one to run on. New England, who anyone can run on. And we know how Bill Belichick and that whole entire team has just been falling apart. So definitely one running back I really like there. Hard to swallow right now, but trust me on this one. He could be a really good shout for uh, what we kind of refer to as those Sunday stashes. So when you have that open free agency on a Sunday, try to get someone if you've got a spot freed up because of someone who's out or on the IR, he could be a fantastic player. And yeah, you're right. With that week 13 bye, could be a, could be fantastic value because people won't be thinking about him. And I mean, they don't call him playoff Lenny for nothing, do they? Uh, hopefully no. he could have that huge impact in the fancy playoffs this season. He could be a fancy Lombardi Lenny for us, you know, if, if we pick <laughs> him up the right time and play him because we're stuck at running back. It's like he could be, our, he could be a flex play who's putting up RB1 numbers. 
only rostered in 18% of leagues so far as well, so definitely widely available. Who else we got? Another running back, and people might still be on him, but maybe not. It was Roshan Johnson. It's the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you have Justin Fields there. Yeah, you have Khalil Herbert coming back. You still have Deontay Foreman in play. But to look at what Roshan Johnson's doing is he makes it up in the receiving game. And that's one thing that is definitely worth looking at. And he was highly drafted in the dynasty community where people were basically taking him in the second round. And they just haven't quite seen him yet hit his expectations. So with this expectation, I could I would love to see him to actually get, come on late in the season. Yeah, could definitely be a great show. He's a player that I tried to scoop up quite a lot of in draft season. Same situation. He's got that week 13 bye. So it could be a good chance to pick him up. Currently rostering 30% of the leagues. So really widely available again. That week 16 matchup as you're trying the semifinals to get to your championship game. He has Arizona. So it couldn't be a, a better match there. If he's going to do it, he will certainly do it there, won't he? Yeah, I mean, you look at Arizona. They're, they're almost ranked to the bottom. You know, they're ranked 30th against the running back position. So it's green light there to throw them in. It's it's a ballsy move, but hey, you know what? No risk it, <laughs> no biscuit. Exactly. You've got to go to get those championships. So three great options to start us off. Anybody else you're looking at? Jeff Wilson. Oh, just because it's Jeff Wilson, you know? Yeah, the, <laughs> the running back. It just seems like if you're not going to get a San Francisco running back, it seems like everyone already has Elijah Moore. But I like to go to the other side of the country and go to Miami and just stash <laughs> uh, Jeff Wilson because you have Raheem Mostert there right now, and he's doing everything he can. We love the toy Devonta A chain or A chan, but he just cannot stay healthy right now. And I know once again today or the day after Thanksgiving, he's inactive, so we don't get to play him again. And Jeff Wilson still isn't, I don't think he's activated still, but he's so close to being activated. And he's another one that I, I definitely like to look at stashing in on the end of my rosters. And I say, A-chan, are the Dolphins going to bother risking him at this point when he is going to be such a valuable asset to them moving forward? They're not going to rush him back. So that could mean Jeff Wilson gets that work. Raheem Mostert, we spoke about a few times on uh, on our show as well. He's had some great games this season, but it's also been proven year after year he is prone to completely disappearing every now and then as well. So yeah, Jeff Wilson, I, I'll be honest, out of all of your picks so far, I'm more sceptical on Jeff Wilson, but you can certainly see a root to what you're saying there. Right. It's coming. And Raheem <laughs> Mostert, he's always injury prone. He has a hard time staying healthy. But that's why I know the reason why I like to stash. Like, like running backs are my favorite thing to stash this time of season. Yeah, most definitely. And like we've said, we are waiting for this year's Jarek McKinnon, who really hit the ground at this stage. So who knows? Maybe that is Jeff Wilson. Anybody else we're looking at before we move on? Nah, I think we're good. I mean, I got other, I, I got other deep stashes, but like nothing that's really kind of like, eh. Go on, give us, a, give us a deep stash. A deep stash? So I'm JP Ryan out of Denver. Williams is coming back. Yeah, he's getting all the carries and everything. But Samadji Piran, he's like that third down back who doesn't look like a third down back, but he plays like a third down back. He's freaking huge. But he's definitely one player I'm still looking at just in like a deeper league, 14, 16 team type league to look at them at the end of my bench if I can. Well, he's had a couple of good, uh, good games over the course of the season. But last year, uh, we really saw when he got the opportunity, he did have those couple of big games for the Bengals as well. Looking who he's got this season and in the championship game, the same reason I'm going to give one of my quarterback picks as well, week 17, the LA Chargers. So yeah, P. Ryan really, really could be in a flex spot, could be a fantastic play actually. Especially in PPR. Yeah, absolutely. 
Right, let's talk some quarterbacks then. So I've got five quarterbacks uh, for us to potentially look at. I want to kind of build into this that if you currently have a reliable QB1, someone you've rolled with for the last few weeks, this is the time it's worth looking who they have got over that playoff period to see if you do need to get someone else in for them. Running back, wide receiver, we often have depth on our bench already. Quarterback, I quite like to roll with one quarterback on my roster and then stream it when it comes to the bye weeks. However, if you have the likes of Tua, Sam Howell, or the darling of the fantasy football community at the moment, CJ Stroud, they have especially tough schedules over that championship period. So you might want to make a pivot away from them. Firstly, I want to give a mention to a guy who you are not going to be able to pick up anywhere at all but that is Dak Prescott. He has got a phenomenal championship uh, schedule. Miami, Detroit, and then week 17, Washington Commanders. If you've got Dak now, you are absolutely laughing as you go into the play for run, and he could re-win any championships. But rostered in 95% of leagues, I don't know what's going on in the 5% of leagues that don't have him rostered, but he is not going to be available at all. So a few options we might want to have a look at then. The first one is not a sexy pick at all, and that is Matthew Stafford. He has got Washington, New Orleans, and then Championship Weekend, the New York Giants, only rostered in 45% of leagues. He could provide you with the safe floor you need to take a title. He is not, when you say about that, do you go for the risk take someone there? He is not going to give you that. But if you've got risk elsewhere on your roster, Matthew Stafford could give you that safe floor. Have you got many shares of Matthew Stafford, if any, this season? I have a single share of Matthew Stafford right now, and it's been rough, but looking at your schedule, like he says, he gets Washington in Week 15, and we know how that defense is. There is no defense anymore. You can do whatever you want against them. New Orleans is a little bit tougher, and then you get the Giants in Championship Week. Not bad not bad either. So that's actually that matchup right there against the Giants could actually be very beneficial, especially if they get, with Kyron Williams coming back for him. And we know how you like to dump the ball to Kyron Williams, too. So Matthew Stafford could be on the up and up. Yeah, he really could be a good place. It's not a glamorous pick, but when it comes to the ruthless nature of choosing your championship weekend lineup, he could be worth a play. Now, I'm going to struggle to sell this one, but the schedule he's got in the playoffs does make it worth consideration, and that is Will Levis. He has Houston, Seattle, Houston. So the Titans and Texans play each other twice during that playoff running. They will likely follow the pattern we've seen recently of the Titans playing catch-up versus defences that potentially they're very vulnerable against the pass. Garbage time should not be relied upon when it comes to trying to win a championship, but Levis could help you out if you're in a particularly tight spot. Come the playoffs, I think really, unless it's super flex, it is high risk playing Will Levis anywhere, but he could be someone worth having a little stash if you end up having to play someone or he's struggling with injuries and you make it to championship window. What are your thoughts on Will Levis? He was he was ready to be crowned the new Tom Brady after his first start. And the uh, it's, it's calmed down a little bit since then, hasn't it? It's calmed down quite a bit, yes. I totally agree on that one. Like He came out and exploded for four touchdowns. And ever since then, we've been chasing it. And he hasn't been producing with it. And no, no one knows what to do with him. So a lot of people have actually been dropping him. So like he had a high roster ship. I think he was pushing to like 70s, 80s at one point. Now he's down to like the 30, 40s percent range. If he can get back on the touchdown streak as he did like against Jacksonville, he had two touchdowns but only put up 158 yards. So that's, you know, two games in a row he's put up under 200 yards compared to the first game against Atlanta where he put up 238 and four touchdowns. 
And against Pittsburgh, he put up 262 and with no touchdowns but an interception. And so it came down, back down to earth. This could be the up and up. It's kind of hard to see with Miami and Houston. Those two could be shootouts. But, you know, do we get De- what DeAndre Hopkins are we going to get? What type of uh, Derrick Henry are we going to get? This is a tough one. I can't. I'm hard-pressed on Will Levis. But for those who lost Joe Burrow, I mean, he may be the way you have to go right now. So I can see it for sure. The season we're having, Will Levis could potentially be your only realistic play, depending on how deep your leagues are as well, couldn't he? Uh, next up, player who, I mean, over the last few years in fantasy, is people have gone up and down. People have adored him and despised him all in the same season. And that is for my money, one of the more irritating men in the whole of the NFL, Russell Wilson. Broncos have the Lions, New England, and then, as we've already said about the Broncos, championship weekend for playoff, for fancy playoffs, the LA Chargers. He's played considerably better than where he was drafted. He's currently QB 14 for the season. He's hardly been stellar. We've not seen those big, big points, really. Championship match against Chargers, as I've said, is very, very juicy. And I genuinely think in that situation, Russell Wilson could be a title-winning play if you've got a QB1 currently who's got a tough matchup. Genuinely, if that were today, I would be considering playing Russell Wilson over the likes of Tua when you can see uh, see the kind of the matchups. Only roughly 51% of leagues, so it could be widely available as well. Am I being, is that too much wishful thinking on uh, the dangerous man himself? No, because like the Russ Wilson we're seeing now, like he started out as last year Russ again, and we're all like, yep, you know, same old Russell Wilson. But at the same time in drafts, like we were getting him as like a QB 18 in the like 22 range. So it wasn't like you were spending any draft yeah. capital on him to where now, you know, you're looking at him as a high end QB 2, low end QB 1 at best. So I like with his matchups coming up. You know, you get like you say, you got the Chargers, you got the the Lions who you can throw on, you got New England who you can throw on, and then you end again with the Chargers. So you got two Charger matchups there. It's he could definitely be titled. And, and how many leagues did you say he was rostered in for you? Uh, only rostered in fifty one percent of leagues. Yeah, so the other half of leagues that are out there, if he's there, scoop him up if you can. Absolutely. Next up, so I've got two left, uh, both of whom have been very topical on our main show over the last few weeks as well. First up is this season's Geno Smith for me, and that is Josh Dobbs. He has got in championship playoffs Cincinnati, the Lions, followed by the Packers, rostered in 71% of leagues, and he's QB 10 on the season. It just seems madness is available so widely when, the, when you think about the season he's had, and he's had five 20-plus point games on the season as well. 389 rushing yards so far, ranked second only to Lamar Jackson. Six rushing touchdowns, ranked second behind co-leaders Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. And the Bengals and Packers have been giving up big points to mobile quarterbacks. Plus, on top of that, he's not had a game with Justin Jefferson yet. Surely that can only see another step up in his production as well, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong on that one. So, yeah, Josh Dobbs could be a, could be a good option there. And then, finally, another player we've spoken a fair bit about, and someone I'm still amazed is only rostered in 79% of leagues, and that is Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray starts the playoffs with a tough matchup. So week 15, he's got the 49ers. But followed by that with the Bears, and then the team that still surprises me have been so vulnerable against the pass and quarterbacks this season, 
and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. He's looked good in both of his games back so far. It appears the mobility hasn't suffered, but he has looked a little bit rusty. Last two games, though, he seems to have just over 18 points and then 21 and a half points. He looks like he's got the potential to keep building on that success. And once again, he could be a player that if he's still available, could win you that championship. We say on our main show, we say around that 75% to 80% roster percentage is where players aren't available in our leagues with fairly active users. If you're in a more casual league and people haven't had their finger on the pulse, he could be a great pickup at this stage of the season, couldn't he? Oh my God, especially, yeah. I mean, like that very first game, we were all curious to see how he'd actually run. And he actually ran for 33 yards and a touchdown. He got that rushing touchdown. He didn't look scared at all again. And then again, against Houston, he did the same thing, you know, rushed for 51 yards and another touchdown. So, I mean, if we're hitting 50, 60 yards rushing, that's easily six points and just, you know, like a touchdown there before he even does anything else. So if we're able to get, as he, like, so far he's looked to be improved over the last two games, you know, going 33 and 51. If he gets over that 60-yard range, that's easy six points for us. This could be the kind of murder we're looking for. So with the casual leagues, if he's there, just scoop him up because you could start playing the quarterback uh, schedule and just play the better schedule, especially when it comes to your semifinals and your finals. Right. Over to you then for some more wide receivers. Yeah, the tough ones are the stash. Because like, usually when it comes to like wide receivers, it's not a thing that you want to stash because it's kind of like you're already looking at it. But if you want to look at a good player to start going after, I like looking at Jahan Dotson again because, okay, yes, we all dropped him, and then he started getting hot again. <laughs> and then he went cold, and like, oh, see? But then here we were yesterday. He gets five, you know, secures five of the six targets for 52 yards. Yes, it was against the Cowboys. I get that part. But it was the Cowboys. He's also getting the ball again. So Jahan Dotson is one that I could definitely look at uh getting especially he's got a couple tough matchups coming in once again though he has the week 14 buy and it seems like the week 14 buy here is is, is what's going to kill a lot of fantasy managers because trying to stash it prior to all that is going to be tough but you have the rams they're okay but then you have the jets in week 16 that's san francisco in week 17 championship games but if you lose your wide receiver and you need a flex play especially in the championship week San Francisco doesn't scare me in the passing game. It's more of the rushing game they, they are a challenge on. So he'd be one I'd be willing to use as a flex play. I agree with everything you said there, but I just can't trust Jahan Dotson again. <laughs> I got so much Jahan Dotson in the offseason, and I, I stuck with him through thick and thin. Well, through thin and thin, and then dropped him just before we got to the stage of the thing. But yeah, everything you say in there is right. It's just... It's whether you can take the emotional turmoil of uh, of belting it one more time with Jahan Dotson steering. But yeah, everything you say is true. And yes, 49ers, it's one position they have given up several points against, and that is the wide receiver. So he's primed to have that impact. It just might be too rich for me to take that gamble. All right. So if you don't want to do a rich gamble, I got, I got a better one for you then. Oh, go on then. Buffalo Bills, Khalil Shakir. Everyone oh, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking? All right, so are you off the Gabe Davis train? Oh, but that's that's worse than the Dotson train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Gabe Davis train is is like a, a horrible, horrible ghost train at the ropiest of carnivals. Like, you look at, and once again, here we are, another late bye, you know, week 13 bye, but this week he gets Philadelphia. And, like, he'd be even the best plug-and-play right now because Philadelphia is, like, one of the worst teams against the wide receiver position. So I can see Josh Allen going, lighting it off. 
even though it's in Philadelphia, yeah, it's hard to figure out. But still, with that type of schedule, you got Kansas City after that. They're a tough one. Dallas, tough one. But then the Chargers and then New England. Khalil Shakur has been definitely making more of an impact. He hasn't had the over six targets yet, but he's been getting consistent targets week in and week out where he started getting targets week seven. So from week seven on till week 11, he's had at least two targets where Denver, they struggled. But outside of that, he always had between four to six targets. And he's been industrious with those targets as well. So just looking back to week 11, where he was the wide receiver nine on the week, 20.5 points. And from his four targets, he had three receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. In that same game, how many receptions? In that same game, how many targets did Gabe Davis get? Zero. Zero. So that, that shows when you throw in on the Jets, who have been fantastic against wide receivers, and Gabe Davis wasn't trusted with a single target, despite having a snap percentage of 88%. So yeah, the trust has clearly gone to Shakir. And Shakir is, I'm just, I'm genuinely amazed at his roster chip, 26%. So yeah, he's he is out there. very widely available as well. Yeah, that's an excellent shout, Khalil Shakir, loving that. Who else have we got for us? You ready to go back to the well and go to a deep player who was so good back in the day that, you know, everyone looked at him as the wide receiver one forever and ever and ever, and it was never going to change. I'm going back to the well of Odell Beckham Jr. now with Mark Andrews out. Oh, I was panicking. You was about to say Julio Jones. Oh, heck no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I see Talk the Ravens. Talk about OBJ. The Ravens have been looking at him early and often. Even with Andrews out there, like, they were trying to give him the ball. They even had him on a deep ball. And he had seven targets this last week, four receptions for 116 yards. But what people missed out on was Lamar Jackson trying to hit him deep twice. And one of them was like a 60-yard bomb, and he had it. He would have been gone with a touchdown, but it was just way overthrown. And as we start to see it more and more lately, Lamar Jackson is not that rushing quarterback that we want, we, that we look for, that we love. You know, he's, he's trying to take it more of a passing aspect behind it, trying to keep himself healthy. Surprisingly enough, he's actually been healthy. So we can't go wrong with that. Beckham might be off, off your fantasy radar. Totally understandable because everyone hasn't liked him as much because – for the season, he's ranked very low as a wide receiver. But looking at his targets per route run, he's getting 23.16%, which ranks 33rd among eligible wide receivers. So he's on the up and up. So this is one player I'm definitely throwing on my bench because you just never know. You might have to start playing the matchups. Exactly. And only 56% rostered so far. Looking at that running as well, week 15, Jaguars. Week 16, the 49ers. And then week 17, Dolphins, which... They're three great games for him there. Uh, for the wide receivers have scored uh, scored well on all season, and you're right. He's been involved regularly. He's it was we've said on the show the other week. Doesn't look like the old Odell, but he's showing glimpses of how he made himself famous. And it's the big, big plays. I think we're seeing a lot more from Zay Flowers, and we'll continue, especially with Andrews out. Uh, some of those more intermediate passes, but OBJ. It just takes one of those big plays, like you've said. And he's, he's covered you for points-wise on a flex bar, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Anybody else you'd like to bring to the table? Jaden Reed is my last one. Ooh. And I don't know how he's available in so many leagues. He should not be available in any league because just the way he's been playing as of late, is he's really like shown on, like he's coming on as a glimpse of like taking over as the wide receiver one up in Green Bay. And you look at his current game log, he's had targets of five, six, and eight over the last three weeks. He scored a touchdown yesterday against the Lions, but 
he also showed glimpses of rushing as he had three attempts last week for 46 yards and then this last week two attempts for 16 yards he may be looking down as a wide receiver four wide receiver five but if he keeps playing like this this is easy flex consideration going forward because it's got a tough matchup next week against the giants or not the giants but kansas city followed by the giants who you can throw on followed by tampa bay who you can definitely throw on because their corners are not that great carolina a little bit tougher but then week 17 you got minnesota so definitely a guy who I'd be looking to even use as a flex if I have to. Yeah, it's great. And someone that I've targeted a lot in DFS over the last few weeks as well, because he's been great value price in DFS uh, on DraftKings. And like you say, the last three weeks is sneakily had some big points at 18.4 against Pittsburgh, 19.3 against Chargers, 15 yesterday against the Lions. That's good consistency that shows it's not just that one hot flash week we sometimes see from a wide receiver. He's got it done a few times in a row. So, yeah, he could be a fantastic player. And like I say, week 17 against the Vikings, that could be it could be league-winning potential once again for a player that is available quite widely and is a fantastic plug into a flex spot potentially come championship weekend. Right, should we have a look at some tight ends then? Yeah, let's, let's try some tight ends. Right, bear with me. It does get better after my first two. I'm starting off with Daniel Bellinger. The Giants... Going through the playoffs, have New Orleans, Philly, and then the Rams. Now, if Darren Waller does return, discard him. He's not going to get anything from him whatsoever. However, all three of those matchups come against teams that are currently in the bottom 10 against tight ends. And in the three games without Waller, Bellinger is second in receptions only to Darius Slayton. But on those same games... He's only scored 7.3 fantasy points, 5.4 and 6.8. He's not shown anything to justify wanting to play him during the playoffs, but he has a potential route to being usable and hugely available, only rostered in 5% of leagues. He's one I wouldn't go away and snap up now unless you have a very deep bench, but he could be someone worth just keeping an eye on if he strings together another good few targets this week and maybe starts to get involved uh, more in the red zone. He could be someone worth plugging in if you are if you've been streaming tight ends all season and can't find someone of good value when it comes to the playoffs. Secondly, another not very glamorous name, and that is someone I was extremely high on during the off season and has let me down every single week. <laughs> and that is Chig Oconquo. Oh. So Titans have already said Texans, Seattle, Texans. And he's been hugely disappointing this season. But Texans have allowed the fifth most PPR points to tight ends across the last three games, including three receiving touchdowns. And for the season, they've allowed nearly 15 points per game. And Oconquo's got them twice. But as we said, he's not done it. He's not had a single week as a top 12 tight end. And he's only had two weeks as a top 20 tight end. Is that too much for a gamble when it gets to the playoffs? <sighs> That's just how I feel about tight ends right now. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just hold your breath and hope for the best because if you don't have Travis Kelsey, you don't have one of the top tight ends. You know, you have Kelsey, you have Hawkinson, you have Kittle, you have Kincaid, you have Lamporta, you have McBride coming on. Outside of that, it's a dart throw. You know, we love Evan Ingram for what he's been able to do. He hasn't even scored a touchdown, but he's getting the yardage. We love Taysom Hill because he can just go around and everywhere with the ball. He's either rushing it, throwing it, or get receiving touchdowns. 
but the tight end position, man, it's just been this is like the year I've I haven't even liked it. Even Kelsey alone, like he's not the Kelsey that we were used to. Like he's not that difference maker at the position that we had last year. And I was totally out of out on him this year compared to last year. I was all in on him just because once the tight end went to first round, I'm like, nope, I'm out because it just reminded me of Rob Gronkowski when we were drafting him in the first round. <laughs> but yeah, like you look at the tight ends this year, it's just like. You, you put him in the lineup and hope for the best. Yeah, especially when we've uh, now also lost Mark Andrews as well. Um, I mean, George Kittle seems to be having a, a wonderful renaissance of uh, of his highest scoring weeks over the last few weeks as well. But another player who has had fantastic fancy output over the last few weeks and isn't widely available at all. He's rostered in 84% of leagues. But before we started recording, I was looking at the roster percentage. I've managed to put a waiver claim in from it in one league, and that is David Njoku of the Browns. Now, he has over the playoff run Chicago, Houston, and New York Jets. If he's available in your leagues, he is an absolute must-get. Over the past three weeks, he's seen his team high of 27% of the target share. And his 117 receiving yards in that span are second only to Amari Cooper. Looking at the Bears, Texas Jets, they've all shipped absolutely loads of points to tight ends as well. And Joku, if available, is say is an absolute no-brainer to pick up. And if you've got him, you could have that absolute uh, golden uh, golden goose of a tight end you can rely upon for more than two games in a row. Have you got many shares of Joku anywhere? I have two. I think, but I kind of gave up on him until last week. And that, thank God, because I put him in and he actually helped me out. But, you know, you look at his overall stat line, he had seven receptions for 56 yards. But what people don't see or don't pay attention to, 15 targets. Dorian Thomas Robinson is not throwing it deep to Amari Cooper. He's throwing it uh, low low, and shallow. So, you know, Elijah Moore, the wide receiver there, but David Njoku getting 15 targets in a game. It's, I'm set it and forget it with him now until further notice. But yeah, if he's available, which he should not be, definitely, definitely, like, I'm definitely scooping him up. Like, I see he's available, in, you know, he's rostered in 87% of Yahoo leagues, 85% of ESPN. If I'm in any of those leagues and he's there, I'm grabbing him. I don't care how much it's going to cost me, how much fab, I'll spend it all. I, I want it. And another player that I would say the same for, except he's not available in many of my leagues at all because I have him, and that is Jake Ferguson of the Cowboys, who for me has been probably the, the best value at tight end over the whole of the season. Uh, player that was predominantly picked up on waivers everywhere, wasn't rostered in many leagues at all at the start of the season. Um, and say he's been an absolute great value. He's been a bit quieter over the last few weeks. Um, his production is down a little bit. His targets gone down a little bit. But looking at the running that he's got, tough week against Buffalo in week 15. But that is followed by the Dolphins and then the Lions as well. So he's got the chance to pick up some uh, big points over there, and he could be a really, really useful play. I mean, in an ideal world, the Dolphins and Lions games will end up being shootouts with the Cowboys, uh, and there'll be points galore. Once again, he, I think he's he's been a great story this season, and the. The Cowboys have shown when they have a reliable tight end, they use them. It just doesn't seem to be very consistent in Dallas, does it, with tight ends? No, because you I mean you, you can go like as you've seen throughout the season that you know Ferguson go from seven t- targets to three to one to back to five, back to eight, back to ten. It's it's all over. The, it's not consistent. So 
only thing that, that was consistent was for the first from week eight to week 10 was the touchdowns. And that's what we love when we have our tight end. Because it seems like if we have a tight end that gets a touchdown, it's easily top eight. And if it's like if, and if it's not top eight, it's because they got over 70 yards. You either want 70 yards or a touchdown just to help get a top 10 tight end here. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to finish with a tight end uh, that makes me do something I don't do very often, and that is to talk positively about a member of the Steelers roster. Uh, so with the exception of Jalen Warren, Pat Frymuth is the only Steeler I can bring myself to roster for fantasy. We've not seen the best of him because we've not really seen him this season due to injury. Came back last week against Cleveland, one target, one reception. We don't know if he's going to be back at full strength this season. I'd like him to be because the running that he has is the Colts, the Bengals, and then the Seahawks over the playoff championships. So he could be a really, really good play there as well. And assuming he does get back to full strength, Kenny Pickett's not a very good quarterback. So there is a slim chance he may need that safety valve of dumping it off to his tight end quite regularly. So he could be another good Sunday stash candidate. Someone that if you've got space on your bench, put him there and see how he goes. Because if he does have a big game, he will be an absolute priority waiver pickup across all leagues that come Tuesday morning. Yeah, and plus Bat Canada was just finally fired. You know, so now we can go ahead and say what took so long because you know we've been saying this since the beginning, <laughs> since the end of last season. You know, let's get rid of Matt Canada, sign move on from Matt Canada, and then they bring him back again. And then here we are, the same mediocre offense, and it's not working. And now Matt Canada's gone. Yeah, I would like to be if he if he's available on, on waivers right now today on Friday, if I can stash him now and beat the waiver wire, he's definitely a tight end I'd be looking to grab right now, just because you want to see how this offense flips, because. You know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know, you heard Najee Harris complaining about the offense. George, you know, George Pickens isn't getting anything. Deontay Johnson isn't getting anything. What's going to happen after this week? This whole offense could flip the switch and actually start lighting it up again. So don't wait till Tuesday. Get them now. No, absolutely. And beat of the wave wire is something that we always speak quite a lot about on our Fancy Five show as well. Titans, you may want to be pivoting away from during the playoffs, though. Uh, Sam Laporta, who's been one of my absolute favorite players and one of it should be a, in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year. CJ Stroud looks to have that sewn up, but Laporta should at least be in that conversation. He has a tough running over the playoffs, though. Cole Komet has a, a tricky Week 15 and 16, but a very good Week 17 against Atlanta. Dalton Schultz got an absolute stink of a running for the fantasy playoffs, though. Tennessee Tice and the Browns. If you've got Dalton Schultz on your roster and he's been your lead tight end over the season, you need to start looking now to get someone else in if you have got championship aspirations. And say, like we've said, this is the time to start looking at it. As soon as we get closer to the playoffs, a lot of these players we're talking about now probably won't be available because people will be doing their research as well, won't they? Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone's trying to be ahead of the, ahead of the uh, game and try to stay one player ahead because if you want to win championships, you have to be ahead of the game because as soon as someone goes look for that player and they go, oh, man, they're already rostered. When did they get rostered? Oh, yesterday. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, that, one, that one day advantage definitely is a huge help. Absolutely right. Well, that has been a pleasure talking through some of those uh, those potential league winning players with you, Ryan. Um, obviously, you've mentioned already that your kind of one of your real passions is auction drafts and auction leagues. So I think we'll definitely have to see if we can hook up again uh, during the off season when we're talking about our different league formats. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I will leave you to get back to uh, watching the Dolphins and Jets. Thank you very much for joining us, Ryan. It's been a pleasure to have you on, and we look forward to speaking again soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. You have been listening to Pesto, Ed, and Tom of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.